We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to a Eurostep Podcast Network and the Bart Winkler Show collab. This is Ty Windish of the Eurostep. Just wanted to quickly introduce this collaborative episode I did with Bart Winkler to preview the Bucks season, talk a little bit about where the Bucks are at currently, both their team, their roster, and Bucks fandom. This was a different kind of Bucks conversation, but one that was you know, really enjoyable to have great working with Bart. He's got his podcast launched now, and you should check it out. I think certainly if you enjoy our content, there's a high chance, 99.9, that you'll enjoy the Bart Winkler Show as well. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, go check out the Bart Winkler Show. We're going to certainly be collaborating more going forward. Appreciate you listening as always and enjoy the episode. All right, Ty, you're getting my my old fashioned good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show, Ty Windish of the Eurostep Podcast, and the whole GSPN network. <laughs> you guys are doing uh, great stuff. Of course, Eurostep is where I've known you from, and I would have you on my radio show, the Bart Winkler Show. And then the radio show went away. So what I'm doing is continuing the show, the Bart Winkler show, only it's now a podcast, but I'm still kind of doing a tie. It's so much easier. It's way less work. <laughs> it's the best. You're I don't telling know. The, me. I know. Well, the thing with radio is there's a lot of like you do. I always thought I had two good hours every day and then I had another two hours I'd have to do. So it's either redo what i just did or have fill-in segments or whatever but what we can do is just get right into the meat and potatoes talk about it when we're done clean our hands and go and one thing that i have not covered much on my show which i I cover packers brewers bucks you know we try to do it all badgers i guess when they're relevant but we try to do it all and but the bucks i because the bucks up to this point they had a couple preseason games overseas all right that was fun 
and then I saw this question, are you worried that you were winless? And I watched all the games, or at least some of them. And I was like, they're winless? Oh, yeah, I guess they're, <laughs> they're 0-5. So with the preseason being in the rear view, and we'll get into the season, obviously, are you taking away any – not from the record. No one cares about the 0-5. Yeah. But was there anything in the preseason that you thought, uh, maybe that guy might play more? Maybe this is a thing. I know that Charles Lee tried to mix things up, my guy, very with the players. But what was the biggest – things that you saw in this preseason yeah I think a lot being made of the schematic tweaks which I think is fair um and I don't know if we would have as much access if Bud wasn't on the scooter and Charles Lee wasn't stepping in I think Charles Lee was the one who first kind of tipped off the pool of reporters about it but a defense that's focusing less on overhelping and more on taking away three-pointers and although overall their defense was bad because they've injuries and just didn't have guys playing they did effectively take away three-pointers in the preseason. They just didn't take away shots at the rim, which obviously is important too. But um, I think that's very interesting. I think offensively they use more ball screens, but I kind of just want to see like, are they just doing that because it's preseason and no one's playing and it's just we need to make offense a little easier because it's not Giannis Chris Drew out there or is that real? In terms of guys though who impressed me, I'd say probably number one was Javon Carter. Uh, in yeah. terms of kind of looked at him as – Okay, he's a good bench piece, a good defender. He shot the ball well. Will that sustain? We don't know. And he can't really be a point guard, right? Like he has to kind of just be off ball, and that limits his lineup flexibility. They just played him as the second point guard all preseason. And I know folks are always going to be worried. You know, I think Bucks fans, most at least the vocal majority or minority or whatever, sees George Hill as like having devil horns on. But I think there's this concern that no matter how good Javon plays, George Hill is going to come in and swoop in and play all the minutes. Javon played more. Javon got in games first. When they played together, Javon had the ball in his hands. That, to me, felt like the most, the maybe the most meaningful, or like the most unexpected takeaway was it does seem like Javon Carter is poised to be the point guard too, which has really been kind of a tough position for the Bucks, And I think it could be a kind of big deal if it holds up, especially if he's a guy who, like Bobby, is able to be kept around multiple years and work out, you know, build up his years of service. You can re-sign him. That could be a big deal because guard depth has been a concern for this team. Yeah. We like George Hill. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to actually, I'd have to actually talk to Bucks fans about that, but I feel like we want to like George Hill. It's just, he was so miserable. I know. In I, the, playoffs. It, and they just, never did play Javon. No. Like they never, but I'm always in the playoffs. I'm always like, Oh man, that one year I was arguing that Tony Snell should have, Defended Kawhi Leonard, and I still believe that. <laughs> I don't know why teammates. you wouldn't. I still believe that. So we're always looking for those things to tinker in the, in the playoffs, and that really is, you know, what it's all about for this team is is the playoffs and what 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 is this season going to look like? Uh, everybody's taking them top three, I think. Some I'm seeing actually more people than I expected to take them to go number one in the East and and win the NBA championship. And I think where the Bucks just need to. Because they're going to roll out of bed and win 50 games. I mean, that's amazing. I was at the media day years ago where, God, who said it? I think it was one of the veterans. It might have been uh, uh, Jason Terry, where he's like, "We're good. we got to win 50 games. And everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> 50 games. There's no way that'll never happen. And now, like, I really think they'll roll out of bed and win 50 games, obviously, with injuries. And Middleton's out for a little bit. Pat's out for a little bit. We don't yeah. want to speak any other 
uh, into existence. We don't want to manifest it, as Rodgers would say. But I think that this team is just – I want to see these 82 games. Obviously, there's going to be games where I want badly. Christmas Day, I need that game. Okay? The regular season opener against the Sixers, I, I need that game. Okay? And some of those games are going to come just because in the NBA, more than any other sport, like I hate the Vikings and I hate the Cubs, the NBA fans, man. And it's a very Twitter concentrated, but you get into it pretty good. <laughs> so I just think for the Bucks, do whatever you got to do over these 82 games to obviously win games. You're superior talent wise. You got the best player on the planet. You'll win as many games as you need to, but figure out what is going to be the best recipe mm. for the playoffs. Give these guys like Jordan Wara a last chance. Yep. Do a Javon Carter thing. See if that's anything. Give Bochamp some minutes. And, like, I don't need 82 games of Middleton, so the injury is not concerning me. I don't yeah. need 82 games of Pat. I don't need 82 games of Bobby. I don't know if I need more than 70 games of Giannis. Just make sure that you go to all the home games so that I can go, and then you <laughs> go to all the Greek nights in other uh, cities. So yeah. I think it's just – I mean, we'll get into it, and it'll be fun. And and to have a team this good, it's always going to be fun when you're a perennial like championship contender like this. But I think that everything, like the wins and losses, should come secondary to how did this game tonight help us for when we're gonna for when it matters. We we look at the regular season the exact same way, and I think there is this misconception because it's thrown around a lot, right? That that phrase, the regular season, doesn't matter. The preseason certainly doesn't matter, but the regular season doesn't matter. Who cares? And I think there are some fans who, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe are just not, don't watch as much or, you know, there's a lot of people I'm sure we both know and less now, certainly, but they fell out of the bucks 20 years ago because they were bad forever and they stopped caring and whatever. And it's all, oh, they don't even care about the regular season, whatever. First, the players care. I mean, the bucks don't put out guys that don't care about the games. And I think as a, from the fan experience, they're going to win a lot anyway. They're going to get up for some marquee games, like opening night against Philly. And the point is not that we don't care what happens between now and April in any sense. It's that I'm not going to be that bothered if they lose a game to Miami ugly in Miami, right? It's it's not about the wins and losses of every game because seeding feels a little bit less important as long as you're really like top three-ish, which the Bucks have been. It's like, what can we take away from these games? What are we learning? What are we seeing? And that's like, if you really like dig in and watch the Bucks, I think they get this rep for being boring, especially nationally. They're fascinating. There are so many things that they kind of tinker with constantly. Guys coming and going in the rotation with really, I think this year with all the wing injuries, a real chance to prove themselves. Talk about Bochamp and Wara and maybe even Mamu. They could they could Mamu, really improve yeah, their, their NBA stature. This year. So, you know, I think these 82 games are going to be some of the most fun we've had with this Bucks team. I mean, they talk about rolling out of bed and winning 50. They won 51 last year. Christianis and Drew played less than 50 games together total out of the 82. And they played with Brooke, the four of them, nine games together. Like they were really banged up over the course of last season and just not really on the same page. I took the over on our preview pod that people will be able to hear the next day when they listen to this pod. But and it's like that's mid fifties. Like I think they're they're just better, even if they're not going balls to the wall to win. I just think they're gonna beat a lot of teams because they're better and they have the best player in the world. Yeah, and if you are listening to where you hear me normally, you've been hearing Ty uh, commercials during my show. 
And if you're listening to where you hear Ty normally, I'm Bart. Uh, please, yeah. co- please come on board. But I think it was you that tweeted that, and I would double check, but I don't do any research for this podcast. <laughs> That's one of my rules. No extra time, no research. Just wing it. Uh, that, like, nationally, on these national watch lists, right? Was that you? Like, everybody wants to watch these other teams. Yeah. And this is something I've been saying about the Bucks for a while. Because I we get a lot of complaints um, about ESPN's talking about this or Coward's talking about this. The Bucks don't have – they have the best player in the world, sure. And you can look at the Nuggets. Like, they have Jokic, okay? And, and even the Mavs have Luka. But those teams, they have a great player. They have a they have like a steady depth and a good supporting cast, and they're just going out there and they're playing basketball. the The national media that these people like what sports radio thrives on and what these talk shows thrive on is they're they're not thriving on. Hey, this team plays basketball well. They're playing on the, the, the Kyrie or KD or Draymond throwing haymakers yeah. in practice. So that's the kind of stuff that that gets attention. So there are going to be people that want to watch some of these younger guys and new faces in new places. Like how are you, how's Gobert going to fit? How's uh, Donovan Mitchell going to fit? You know what? There's all that going on. The Bucks probably have as little new faces and new places as any team ever. They are bringing back basically the entire roster. So I think you're probably going to even hear less nationally about this team. And that's why it is up to, you know, you guys that, that listen and watch to really, be the ones to to carry the water for this team and it is going to be a good team like don't don't worry if you know bill simmons is not watching the bucks every night okay you you're gonna watch a team that is gonna be fun that has the best player in the world that is a really good starting core that has i think been able to build some good depth now the concern with the depth is it might be a little old yeah but but that's where some of the interesting things are like is Ibaka somebody that is going to be relied on? Or will these minutes go to Wara? Will they go to Bochamp? Will they go to Mamu? Those are the things that we're going to see. It's 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 not a, like another preseason, but this you're going to watch. You're going to watch basically. It's an extended tune-up. You're going to go. You're going to a Broadway show come May, but you're also watching every rehearsal, yeah. and yeah. that's going to happen here. And I think there's going to be some fun in that, especially because they're going to win a lot. It helps. It certainly helps. Yeah, and I think you know for the people, and I'm what I I'm the person who makes content and is also upset about other content, which is ridiculous. But you know, also seeking out like Eurostep Podcast Network shows about Wisconsin teams, the Bart Winkler Show. You know, um, the reason Day I'm podcast, on a podcast, Ty, is because I've complained so much about other people's right. content that nobody else wants to hire me. <laughs> I mean. I, I'm I'm still out here as well, um, and some I want to give a, a shout out to two national pods who do a great job: the Dunker Spot with Nikias and Steve, and Hardwood Knox with Dan Favale, who do a great job covering the Bucks. The, the stuff is out there; it's just harder to find, and it's not on Block One of ESPN because you're right. Did Favale write the one about uh, why I don't think your team will win yes. the title? Yeah, yeah, the same. And yeah. I noticed that because he wrote this thing, and in his just in his writing of the Bucks. It was one paragraph, but it was like, at least from what I saw, I just saw like the clips, but it was like, oh my God, this guy, like this guy he gets knows. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This he, guy knows. It was, he, a, he really does a good job. I'm glad you shouted him out. He brings me on and blue wire podcaster. One of our, our fellows there, he does uh, a bucks look ahead for every team he does. Right. But he brings me on every year and I always look forward to it 
He's asking me stuff I'm not thinking about that much. Like really, really in there. I don't know how he does it for all the teams, but props to him. But yeah, it's back to, to the Bucks and everything. I agree with you though on the watching the rehearsals more or less. And I think like, you know, maybe you have like some some summer shows. Like I think when they play Brooklyn, they get up. I think they will for Philly opening night. It's like certain games they're certainly there for. But I, I think there's some beauty in the way that they approach it and making sure – you know, we're not going to push too hard. We're going to make sure we're as healthy as we can be, especially with an aging roster. You know, I, I'll always remember, like, P.J. Tucker comes to the Bucks. He was playing every game with the Rockets. He gets traded, and the Bucks are just like, you're not going to play for, like, three weeks, dude. Like, you're hurt. You're playing yeah. through it, but we're not going to do that. I, I always think with their injuries, like with Brooke last year, now with Pat and Chris, I think there's some organizations where those guys would come back sooner and, and maybe not miss that much time at all. The Bucks just aren't built like that, and I just don't think you can argue with it because we all know they could win 65 games. If they lose in the second round, no one's going to care that much about the 65. And maybe that sucks. Maybe that's unfair. But also, at the end of the day, we're all, they're all playing to win the championship, right? That is you know, what makes your, your legacy. So I think they're oriented the right way. I don't think they give up on the regular season too much. They still win a lot. They use the time valuably. I don't think that's a word, but... I think it's a good balance, and I'm super excited to watch this. Close enough to a word. Yeah. Just if you get, like, once you get over four syllables, <laughs> you can it's start making up your own words. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a good Matter word. of fact, a little bit, is a, is a <laughs> word that I use. All right, uh, quick timeout, and then I want to talk to you about Giannis, and I want to talk to you about the expectations and uh, an NBA Finals matchup that I've been predicting for years. Still mm. hasn't happened yet. But I think maybe this is the year it does. So we'll talk about that all coming up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show. That's Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast. But you guys have like a ton of other podcasts, don't you? We do. We've got the Win in Six podcast on the same feed with us on our Bucks coverage. So really attacking the Bucks from, from all angles. We've got Cruising for a Bruising covering the Milwaukee Brewers. 
It was their first season doing it. We might have to tell them to stop based on the way the season went, but I, they're going to keep doing it. And talk of the Tundra, brand new, covering the Green Bay Packers. And make time for this, which is like a, we call it the junk drawer. It's a lot of pop culture, music. Uh, that's been a lot of fun to do as well. So, yeah, GSPN is all over the place. And uh, gspn.info to find all those easily. Or wherever you're listening to BART, you can find us as well. And vice versa, if you're listening to this on the Eurostep feed, wherever you're listening to this or watching, maybe, go find BART. I don't know if it's going to be on our YouTube as well. But go find the BART Winkler Show wherever you consume your content. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Rate and review. I get to say all those things, though. Write a letter about it and mail it to someone if you really want them to listen. Go above and beyond. Yeah, please. Uh, So I keep saying Bucks Warriors every year for the last Mm. 17 years. I have family that works for the Warriors. Hmm. We have four NBA rings in my family now with my brother who's in the media relations staff. Claims to not have been present when uh, Draymond punched Jordan Poole. (laughs) Has tripled down on that. Has given me no information. He's so bad. (laughs) He's so good at not giving me information. When Kavon Looney was in Milwaukee getting his number retired, he totally just forgot to tell me. I was like, <laughs> dude, you give me Kavon on the show. Like, come on. Okay. All right. So I think Bucks Warriors, the thing that I like about the Warriors, what I what I like that they've done, and they were able to do it through things that they wouldn't have wanted. They did not want a 15-win season. They did not want injuries to their superstars. Clay didn't want to go through 700 days of rehab. No, I think they're probably all happy they missed the bubble, honestly. But what they were able to do was they have their varsity, Draymond and Steph and Clay, and they have their JV with Poole and Wiseman and these other guys coming up. Now, the varsity and JV fighting a little bit, but I think when you look at that, the Warriors are in a place where they have an ownership group, they're going to be willing to spend, and they're already thinking of the next iteration of Warriors basketball, whatever that's going to look like. That doesn't seem to be happening with the Bucks, And that's that's not something that they need to go chase. That's not the top priority. But what the Bucks have done is they've got Giannis and Drew and Chris. They have surrounded them with older veterans. You know, Bobby Stone is late 20s. But like Connaughton and uh, Ibaka, George Hill, and Wes Matthews and, yeah. and these guys. But I do want to see a younger class of the Bucks, And I, I know we've mentioned this a little bit, but this is really what I wanted the regular season. Because if you're going to carry Mamu and Wara and Bochamp and you're not going to give them run in the regular season and give some of these other guys rest, then just bring in Alex and Costas. Like the Giannis. Giannis I, I, Costas had a good – I kind of wish they had brought in I, I liked what he did I with Greece, But now, now – I, I do too. I'm, I mean, they have Alex on the herd now, so he's close. Yeah, excellent. But I, I want to see these guys play. I want to yeah. see if – like. Because they're going to get to a point in the playoffs where it's going to it happens every year, and they were able to win. Thank God, thank God. But they were able to win. But there's always a time where it like seems like they're out of options in the playoffs, and there could be another option. Like you could play Tony Snell, but it's a dart throw. You could play Javon Carter, but you, I mean it's an, it's another dart throw. Yeah, I want to know that they've got options. Like all right. We haven't played Mamun in, in the last series, but we know from the regular season that if we give him some run, that's what I just want to right. see. I want to see. I'm, I'm really stressing this with the 82 games. Play-Doh this thing out and then give me your finished product at the end. That's what I was. So 
my my whole point is to brag about my brother <laughs> and also to mention that I really do want to see these young guys get some run. Yeah, when I look at the Bucks core, I think there's the older group. And I, I just, when I say that, I mean everyone Chris and Drew's age or older. Because I think that is kind of the, the tipping point is the guys who are 30 plus, which does, I think, include Pat, I believe is 30 as well, or just about to turn. Um, maybe he's 28, actually. I might be, maybe I'm not be, sometimes I do the thing where it's like by the end of the next contract, he will be, but I know he's a little oh. older than Giannis, at least. There's that group of players. That I just right feel now, like everyone on the Bucks is 35 right now. I, well, certainly, there are a lot of guys who are 35 ish on the Bucks, that's for sure, between Ibaka and Hill and, uh, Brooke Lopez, I think, is getting there too. But, and Wes, of course. So there's that group of players, pretty much all the guys I just mentioned, plus Drew and Chris, who I think are like the older core, who at least for the next year or two, one for some of those guys, I think two or three for some of those guys, are going to be a lot of the key players. Then I think there are the honest timeline guys who are maybe the most trade eligible guys on the team or the guys who it's really going to be up in the air, but that's your Bobby Portis. Grayson Allen is a guy they found and extended who's on that timeline. Uh, Javon Carter hopefully sticks around and is on that timeline. Like some of the younger players, but not super young. Like they can play. It's not like a Marjan Bochamp where you're like, we hope he can play. These guys can play and they'll be around. They're, they're pretty uh, attainable to keep. And those guys you really need. Those are crucial rotation players. And then there's the young guys. And it's going to be fascinating this year because I think, you know, Wara, you look back, he played like 60 some games last season and like t- almost 20 minutes a game. It's it's always more than it seems with a guy like that. But I don't think he's really ingrained himself in the rotation at all yet. So big opportunity for him. And they gave him the contract. They made him the 15th man, cost a bunch in luxury tax. Clearly, the Bucks are, are not giving up. They, they see something there. I think he's going to play. I think Bochamp, especially early, is going to play. And I hope Mamu does. He's still on the two-way. That complicates things a little bit. But, you know, they could figure it out by midseason if they had to. I hope all three get to play because I agree with you. Let's find if one of those guys ends yeah. up being a guy that you trust in the playoffs, that's a huge find. And that is why, again, looking at the regular season and even the tough parts with the injuries as an opportunity, not something to get through, that's what those three guys are going to look at it as. That's for sure. And we're going to find out a lot about the future of the Bucks. If Bochamp, their first first-rounder they've actually used in four years, if he can play right away and he looks like he's ready to get better and but already play – that's a huge deal for the Bucks. Do you think well, this was a question that came up on my show about who who do you want to see win another title, Rodgers or Giannis? If you could pick one, uh, and I, I immediately went to Giannis, even though like I really like I I need one of these Packer quarterbacks to win another championship. I to have both of these guys to have both of these guys, Favre and Rodgers, with how talented they are, both just win one Super Bowl. But then also the 30 years of the off the field nonsense, whether it's personality or criminal. It's I, I mean, Rogers isn't a, a criminal to that extent. It's kind of crazy how much their career arcs have yeah. mirrored each other with yeah. with the whole thing was like Rogers is like the fresh breath of air. And certainly <laughs> play style is much different. Even Wash Rogers is not YOLO balling 40 times a game or whatever. But it is kind of funny that they've they've not funny, maybe, but it's weird how parallel their careers ended up. Hopefully Rodgers does not, you know, defraud anyone down the line. So I really, well, I think he's defrauding the Packers right now. It's a problem. <laughs> I think that's a problem. That's so fair. I want, I said Giannis though, because yeah. I don't know, like Giannis, with, the, with it being the Bucks 
and and their stature in the state and all that. And and I'm gonna start to get goosebumps just anytime I talk about that finals run. But mm. with it being the Bucks, you know, you could he could play another six years, go somewhere else for three, retire, never win again. And he's still gonna he's still gonna be, I mean, he's the greatest player to ever come through this city, the greatest like human. Um and you know, you look at him like you look at Dirk. Like nobody, nobody cares that Dirk only won one. You know, yeah, he, he won his. I mean, that's that's great. KG, KG, nobody. He won his. That's that's great. So I don't think that stigma is going to be with Giannis the same way it is with some of these Packer quarterbacks. But I don't know that Giannis finishes his career as a Buck. You know, he really loves mm. Milwaukee. Like I'm not worrying about that now. I just think yeah. if you're going to play this thing out. Maybe Giannis is like, I don't know. I'm I'm up for a new challenge. I'm up for I want to go somewhere completely uncomfortable to me uh, and just see what happens. And I could see that. And then so I want Giannis to win one more here because I don't want him to like win another with the Bulls or something. Yeah, he plays for the Bucks for 15 years. Bulls for two wins one each, and then I can cock off to these people like I do about Jim McMahon winning a Super Bowl with the Packers or the uh, like the the Brady thing, right? Yeah, Although yeah, I guess yeah. he's not going to catch up. That that's a little different, but well, I don't know. <laughs> the yeah, way he's playing this year, he's not going to catch up. But yeah, I, well, think... I don't. So I'm, I guess what I'm asking you is, yeah, yeah. Do, does does he? But it's different because he did win earlier. Yeah. Well, Rogers did too, but it's been ten years. I just I don't know at what point it gets to the point of you know 2020 was so fun when they won the championship, and then they don't in 21. But you and got then, 21 to 22. Yeah, right. And yeah. then, yes, 21 and then 22. 2020 was an awful bubble. Yeah. I I wonder when the pressure comes back as to, okay, Giannis, you need to win another one. Because even though they got bounced last year, Middleton was hurt. Mm-hmm. We were, we're still riding the high. Yeah. We are still riding the finals high. I don't know if it fades this year or not. We're going to find that out. But right now... If they don't win, like I'm just saying at the beginning of the year, if they don't win it this year, I can't see myself being totally, to- I'll be mad, but yeah. will I be devastated? I'm just trying to figure out when it wears off. I know Bill Simmons, uh, to talk about him a second time, he's got that five-year thing. That was in the past before now everything's so instantaneous. Yeah. But I do, I do wonder when the pressure starts to be like, all right, Giannis, you are the best in the world. You only got one. I wonder how far away we are from that. I, I think uh, still a good uh, five years might be too long. I think a good distance. I think part of the thing. I think there's pressure on the team every year, and they certainly operate like that with how old the roster is. And you know, this year finally, I'll give the credit where it's due. You know, like they spent like a team who's really trying to do it every year and on short-term players, like a Joe Ingles. Like that's a really expensive contract factoring in the tax for a guy who will not play until the calendar year 23. Right? Like that's that they're all in. But I think you look at the way they lost last year, no sane human. And I have to say sane because there's, you know, people on Twitter and wherever else who will say this. But no one looks at that series and goes, oh, Giannis fell short. Giannis isn't good enough. Giannis was unbelievable. He was like 35, whatever, you know, 13 and 6 or whatever he was doing. And 200 to 150 or whatever that line was. And the, is that his playoffs total or the series? Like none of it surprises me, right? Like that's, that's Giannis. Like no, he did not come up short. And in any aspect, the team did. They ran out of gas without Chris, and Boston was really good. So I think I, I just and the, the Giannis is Giannis to such an extent where I think it's going to be a while before we get to another playoff series and go, 
oh, Giannis, you just weren't good enough. Like that just yeah. hasn't happened. And that's like the, it's, I was going to say like blessing and curse. It's not a curse at all. I mean, the curse is the expectations are so high, I think on the team and on all the players around him, like you guys really need to come through, like, look at this guy, but calling that a curse is stupid, right? Like that's the best blessing you could have in sports is to have someone like Giannis who wants to be in Milwaukee and who every single time when the chips are down, you just feel amazing about him, right? Like that's why I picked them to beat the Celtics. I'm going to pick them to win the championship unless the roster like totally implodes every year as long as he's on the team and still somewhat in his prime. Because who would I pick against that guy? Like that guy is the guy I want. We have the guy that everyone wants. That's incredible. So, yeah, I think, you know, the, the pressure on the team might ramp up more in the next couple of years if they don't win another one soon. But I don't know if – I mean, there's stupid people will say anything, but everyone watching close knows, like, it's not because of Giannis. That's for sure. I love to watch – and maybe growing up, I didn't realize it, but you know, now being close to forty, dude, I'm getting a couple of years away. Are oh, you like twenty eight or well, close in terms of closer to forty than? I'm on like whole. I'm teeing off on eighteen, <laughs> thirty eight, old man. That's All right, not... yeah, dude, I, well, I got like a body of a sixty eight year old. That's problem. <laughs> um, but I, I like to watch how the other teams like affect the other teams in the state, the Packers, the Bucks, the Brewers, all this. Cause I felt like Packers win that championship in 2010. It's incredible. Along the way, then the Packers start losing games that they probably should have won very late in the season. The Brewers get good. They can't get past it. It got so bad. Everyone pretended to be a Badger basketball fan for one year. And then they lost. Ethan the Hat, baby. Yeah. They, they losing the championship. Oh, with Frank and Sam. Oh, no, that was pre. That was pre happy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so everybody, you know, we're, we're devastated about them because that, that was like one of the most three months after 2014. Ah, Seattle. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then I started to I started to feel like the Bucks, the year they won it, they were not just getting pressure from Bucks fans. They were getting pressure. They were feeling the pressure of the state of state fans that have been so close all the time, and they had their own demons to fight with. I mean, they had blew that series against Toronto. They had other series that, like, the bubble was a complete disaster for them. Now, after they've won, it seems like these other programs, their disarray has amplified and sped up. The Badger football team fires their coach. The Brewers trade their best player, maybe, and go into complete tailspin. The Packers, as we talk here, are 500 and look much worse than that. So, I it's it's just crazy. It's just you know, I remember like the, the series in 1999 against the Pacers and this, these games are being played at four 30 in the afternoon. And I have to like beg my friend to turn it on as I, we go out uh, to his house to play after school in eighth grade or whatever. I remember yeah. uh, Thanksgiving the night before Thanksgiving, the bucks are on. It's a, you know, it's our Jim Paschke bucks, basketball, Fox sports, Wisconsin here. We're in Detroit, <laughs> little Caesars arena. Nobody cares about this game. And I'm like making them turn on the TV. And there's a lot of there's a lot of us that are like that. Yeah. So to be a Bucks fan and to have gone through that, and now they really are, they've got their problems, as every mm -hmm. team does. But the Bucks are not just the best team in the state, Ty. They're the most competent. They they are the championship contenders. They are they are the team that like <laughs> people are saying, people always say, Oh, the Brewers got us the Packers season. 
People aren't saying the Packers got us the Bucks season. This is it's incredible. Crazy. So this, I just, I think that, I, I just think it's great. Again, the, the run in 20, uh, the 2021 season with, the, with everybody coming together. And I'm just so happy that they were able to do it. And I'm so happy that the pressure has gone from them. Like there's still the inherent pressure that we just talked about. You have the best player in the world. You're a very good team. But if this team did not win the finals two years ago, and then they didn't win last year, the pressure would just be at an all-time high. And since they've gotten that one out of the way almost, now they can go ahead and play, just play their best basketball. So winning the championship two years ago was great, but it also, I think it really does help this team because they don't have to live with anybody else's demons as we watch all the rest of Wisconsin sports-wise crumble around them and they're you know sitting on the hill it is crazy to to be there i mean they're still not the most focused on team in the state and that no, would be a long time away if it, ever, it probably will always be i mean nfl is just the intensity the limited amount of games that how good the league is at the shield right at, at packaging and making it appointment viewing they'll always have an edge and but i still the, think there's some people in northern wisconsin that think Downtown Milwaukee is the upside down. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the most dangerous place on earth and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I posed this question to Matt Velasquez when we had him on Eurostep just to talk about a bunch of Bucks stuff. Uh, former beat reporter for the Bucks for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, for those unaware, is back when like the, the really atrocious early 2010s years, like when Giannis and Chris were on the team, but – they were like literally the two worst players in NBA 2K that year, and they won 15 games. Do you think there were more Bucks fans in the whole state that year, or were there more Bucks fans outside of Fiserv Forum by the end of the finals run when there was like wow whatever 500,000 people between the inside and the outside or whatever the crazy number was? I think there's a shot in that block there were more people like there to watch or take in the Bucks game than there were in the whole state like 10 years prior. Yeah. And I'm glad all those people are there. Like I love that people, you know, sometimes when you hear a band for the first time, then other people start to like them. You're like, look, you, you weren't in on the ground floor. Oh yeah. I don't like that energy at all. You can never like that. I, I want, I want that play. I want everybody to be a Bucks fan. And I think yeah. Giannis, Giannis has done a great job of, mm-hmm. you know, crossing some County lines and making people <laughs> like be aware and have to think of the Bucks And, and want to think of the Bucks, And uh, I remember going to a school like four years ago, I talked at a school, there were like six kids wearing Steph Curry jerseys. Mm. I was like, is it Jersey day? And they're like, no, these are the kids. And then I talk at that same school. And of course they've all got their Giannis stuff on. So yeah. I, I, I mean, we've all seen that. We all know that we're not, not breaking any news here, but I do think that the way that the Bucks have just, become and that that's the story what you mentioned chris and Giannis are fighting for playing time against each other Mm -hmm. it is it is the exact story that we always want it is really is like this is the thing that people got mad at lebron for because lebron was in cleveland progressing couldn't win they want to see you win they want everybody everybody wants everybody to be jordan they want him to have to lose to the pistons three times before he finally beats them and then wins his championships and the Bucks did that. The Bucks did that with two guys bringing in pieces along the way, going through point guards until you got one that could stick. And then he's so good. 
I just, I love the, I love like to, to use the energy. I love the energy with this team. I just think that, you know, we do need to, because we're doing this every day. We talk about it every day. We're watching every day. We need to realize it's never going to be better than this as a Bucks fan. No, I mean, it was. Maybe as a Wisconsin sports fan. Yeah. We got a championship team. We got the best player in the world. Arguably the best human in the world. Seriously. We just, we just got to enjoy this. So if, if it gets to the point where, you know, I hear you guys or you hear me complaining because we lost to the Hawks on a Wednesday in March, please correct me. I don't want to be that guy. Well, it also, it's like sometimes you ever, you know, like post Celtics, right? There's always a few people who are like, Oh, I hate, I hate these playoff losses. Uh, I miss the days when they were a plucky sixth seed and they went seven. It's like, you shouldn't. Those were not as good. I remember those days. I was blogging about the Bucks every day when they were a plucky sixth seed losing to the Raptors or the Celtics in seven. It was not better. The heartbreak sucks. I would lose 10 more Celtics series in humiliating fashion the way they did. I mean, I'd lose 10 straight just for the title they already have. Would certainly take 10 more sprinkled in there around a few more titles. And yeah, I think they really, you know, it was audacious at the time, but they kind of put it out there that they really kind of wanted to emulate the Spurs. And I think it's only possible because Giannis is that Tim Duncan kind of player who the greatness is undeniable, funny enough, both at the power forward position. And the personality is such that, you know, they're not going to rush you. If things go bad, they're not going to go LeBron or Kevin Durant or these other guys, Paul George, who busted up a team or two, who say, we got to move with some guys or I'm gone. They're just going to say, you know what? I like these guys. We fit. We'll figure it out. And, and that's a rare thing in the league. I'll, I'll never forget like Zach Lowe talking about the trailblazers with Damian Lillard. And they obviously haven't done the thing, but sticking together after some of their horrible playoff and coming back and still being a really good team. Like that's an underrated thing in the league. That's not easy. There's some series losses that are just really hard to come back from. And I remember you know, you, you mentioned it, like we should never talk about the bubble, but that confluence of events should have broken this team. Giannis, That's true. Yeah. not re-upping, everything goes terrible, the acquisitions don't work, they lose in humiliating fashion after another great regular season, they were on pace for like 63 wins, and it would have been so easy for Giannis to not re-sign, kind of punt through a year, go wherever he wants, any team would have opened up cap space for him, right? He re-ups before the next season. They preach continuity. They add Drew Holiday. They botch the Bogdan thing, but they still add Drew Holiday. They figure it out. They get P.J. Tucker, and they win a championship. And I just don't know how many stars could have really played that the way Giannis did. And it's just like it's all so improbable, but it just all works the right way. And I think that continuity that some people are bored with this offseason, I think it's just like central to what they are. And that's why organizationally they do have this stability. They don't have, you know, even Aaron Rodgers, who is not like, blowing up the team per se, but it's just been like generally a malcontent over the last few years. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It, it, it throws the, uh, to say energy again, it, your listeners are going to think I'm number one Gen Z, but it's just the, the vibes in the building. It's not, not any better, but it's just, it's weird. It's a, it's a different thing. And the Giannis and the Bucks are just so much of like, yeah, we're not worried about it. We're just going to go play our ball and win. It's just so refreshing. I think it's great. Even if it means they won't be talked about by ESPN but we talked about by us and we're going to really enjoy doing so. Man, that's a good point because I've been arguing that 
Well, I brought up the 2014 uh, NFC Championship game with the Packers, and you look back and you think, maybe that's when McCarthy should have got fired. If you have an event so cataclysmic, okay, close, might have been We'll it, take it. We'll take it. Sometimes what you realize is it was that you died there. You you yeah. were dead. And, and I think the Brewers this year might have been that for them. So I'm a little worried about what council can do to, to rebuild this squad. But, yeah, the Bucks had that. They had their moment. Because had they not won, we would look back in that and said, maybe that's when they should have fired Bud. Or maybe maybe something different needed to happen. It could have only worked with all the particulars. It could have even with Bud. It could only work with a guy like that who everyone everyone thinks that they know that they're smarter than him, and they probably yep. are. But he's still like I. Mm-hmm. But I still am going to do my way, and even if my even if my directions are wrong, I will still get there. You think you're going? You I will still get there, and then you'll see. And that happened. And yep. for Giannis to stick through that and want to stick through that, you're absolutely right. I'm just so excited for more of this i'm so excited yeah. to, to watch more and see more and to get into it and i really i think i've appreciated that finals run because it is consuming that was two months <laughs> you look at some of these baseball playoffs not, they're like a weekend yeah it's the, over. the the nfl you can lose one game the nba it's seven you know it makes you get invested right away and you know you're going to be in for a long haul and i think that i think they do that pretty good so I'm, I mean, run. I'm just, I'm very excited. Like looking back my favorite stat from it, they never let a series after 48 minutes. They sweep the heat, but game one goes into overtime. They're the net series. I mean, there was reports that Rick Carlisle was on the way to Milwaukee. I yeah. was ready for Bud to be gone, but it just, it's that, that series, maybe even more than the bubble in the moment just shows like the just, like it's a stubbornness or steadfastness. Like the Bucks are just so committed to being the Bucks for all the best and worst ways. Coming back against the Suns is what's remembered. That Nets series. It was what so was much the game worse. where they looked so bad? It's two or th- two, I think two. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It was like they're down o two. Yeah, and they barely win game three, which is the rock fight, and then they win game four, and then it's from there. But game two, they just get obliterated. It looks like they're doing all the wrong stuff even with Harden out with the hamstring. And it's like, this is, they're done. I mean, I don't, they're going to have to, do we trade Chris? Like, is Drew the right piece? Like, what's going to happen? And everyone was worried about these questions except for, you know, the Bucks. And they were just like, well, we're just going to keep going. We're the Bucks. We're going to get better every day. And I still look back at that series, the Hawks series, like thinking Giannis, is Giannis ever going to be the same? Is Giannis going to be back by the start of next season? And he's playing game one against Phoenix and they win against Atlanta without him, Bobby and Brooke and everyone going Craig Chris. It's just like, you can't write, like if you wrote that in a, if you watch that Kevin Costner movie, if the Bucks had never done that and Kevin Costner is Bud and I would pay a thousand dollars to watch Kevin Costner play Bud, but you would be, you'd walk out of there. That's not realistic. That's a ridiculous, yeah. that's Disney. And they did make the honest movie, but you'd be like, that's, that's a ridiculous thing. And that's actually how they did it. And it is, it's easy to forget Sometimes I'll go back and watch some of those games and just be like, how the hell did any of this come together? This doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be doing this show. I'm excited for you. I'm doing these shows because of Ty Windish, everybody. So no. thank you. Uh, appreciate you. Is there, this is where we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Is there, because you know Bucks fans. Mm. We are the, fa- and everything we've just said, everything we've just said, 
very complimentary. Yeah. Very emotional, very appreciative of our team. We can have that same energy <laughs> and still want more. Oh, yeah. The roster. We care 100%. about that 15th spot more than everybody. I'm, We're bitching about who's on two ways and who's on yes, 10 days. Lindell Wigginton. Yeah, yes, people are pissed. And and we're 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 still looking at oh, can we sign this guy? Can we trade this guy? <laughs> are there like pieces that they could still assemble? Is there something that they need to they need to do? Because I, I think that they, they could get better, sure. This team's good enough, though. We don't if, if something comes, you know, if something happens, and we all want to see George Hill traded because we're all monsters, but <laughs> he sucked. I so fine. But I don't know. I don't I don't know that I think I think we're at the point where Yes, yes, yes. This has been so great. Everything's great. But, man, trades are fun. You know? They just, are. It's like we just want one for no reason. Well, and I think in fairness to fans, John Horst has behaved that way, right? They've made some sort of a move every year. So it's not unreasonable for Bucks fans to almost expect, like, okay, when are we going to get the annual trade to acquire someone who can hopefully be, like, our seventh man, which they kind of maybe accidentally did. They, you know, they go and get Serge Ibaka, but Javon Carter was better. But whatever, they still have him. I'm kind of torn because part of me feels like maybe this is the year they don't because I do think for more than ever before, like this is a group of players. They very specifically wanted all of them. Like it wasn't guys who came over and trades a salary, like the guys they've had around. And within the last year or two, they made the conscious decision we want to keep this guy around. Like the Giannis and Chris and Drew goes without saying, but Bobby gets a new contract. Pat opts in and resigns for more. They bring back Javon. They bring back Wes. You know, Grayson, maybe before last season, that's maybe the farthest now. But they bring back Serge Ibaka. They bring back Jordan Wara. So part of me thinks like there's some obvious salary building blocks, like with Wara, you know, whether it's does Hill finally get traded, those two together, Grayson Allen for someone who makes more. But yeah, also, we haven't even mentioned Grayson's name this whole time. There's so much we could talk. Great, he had a great preseason. I'm excited for a season without Chris. I think he'll look great. The problem is he needs to do that with Chris out there as well. But it's like they could they they could make some intriguing offers. They have a first round pick in years from now. They could include. But do they need to? Like, is there going to be a hole? We might. I think it's a wait and see. Really, on those young wings, that would be the one position where you know if Chris is still banged up and Pat. Maybe you need like a three, four kind of guy you trust more. But they got, Joe Ingles is coming back. You know, Wes Matthews is getting healthy, Pat and Chris. So I think it's really, I don't think we'd know until later in the year. But right now I'm leaning, if anything, maybe you have to open a roster spot somehow to sign Mamu to a real contract if he pops. Otherwise, though, I, I just, I, I don't see a huge need. Unless it's like someone like Serge Ibaka, maybe he's, maybe he's not up to snuff and they need a backup center. Maybe something like that. I don't know. It seems to always happen, but I really do like this roster. Well, I like your show, Eurostep. Uh, I like my show. Yeah. Art Winkler's I, show. I like your show. My show is okay. I like your show. Do you like take off a certain way? Because I just kind of be like, all right, bye. <laughs> Rohan does our outros, and sometimes I have to step in and do it, and I'm not good at it. He always says pod random to do the bit off the Bucks Bud play random thing. So that that's been good, but I, I'm not I'm not an outro. I'm an intro guy more. Not great at outros. Well, me neither, and this will probably be that. Ty, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you, Bart. It was a pleasure. We'll have to do this more.